Hello, everyone. You're entering the fun machine now. Yep, I, I said that. This is the Retro Trigger, where we talk about all things retro. I am your host and talky guy, Ben Rosenthal, and today we are talking about what I, oh, I said talking twice in that sentence. Doesn't matter. Persevere. Go through. Keep going. Uh, Nintendo 64, it's here. Uh, but I can't do it alone because I keep saying words in the same sentence twice and no one wants to hear that. So I've got one of the best here with me. You may know him as one of the biggest Nintendo fans in the world. You may know him as the man who just surpassed 100,000 subs on his YouTube channel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, every denomination, please welcome here to the Retro Trigger, Mr. A-Game. Hello, how are you all? They're good. Oh. They, they told me. They're, okay, they're great. Yeah, it just was like, hello, and it's just quiet. <laughs> yeah. <that's> <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> how are you, Ben? Are you well? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm ticking along. I'm, I'm doing all the things I need to do in order yep. to not die. So yep. very good. that's Always a win a for everyone. And yourself, yeah. you're, you're also not dying. Yeah, all good over here. Excellent. Talk about video games. We are, but first let's talk about you. Who are you? What do you do? Why, oh. why Mr. A? All right, hello. Uh, my name is Jacob, also known as Mr. A Game on YouTube. I am a Let's Player. I love playing Nintendo games, preferably Legend of Zelda games and Mario games. Um, my YouTube channel is doing very well. It's hit 122,000 subscribers. I do lots of fun videos, put lots of memes in. Just love playing games. That's basically me. Now, what do you primarily play your games on? What systems? I'm normally a Nintendo Switch person. Um, so I'm normally playing the current games, but I've been playing Nintendo games since like forever. I grew up on a Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Every Nintendo console that's come out, I have owned. Excellent. So, See, we're, we're... Oh, actually, not the Virtual Boy. That, really? We don't talk about the Virtual Boy. <laughs> well, we would, but it caused like aneurysms in your head if you've ever played one. I've got a Virtual Boy. You saw it just before I, yeah, I, I showed it off. Um, great machine, but I can't play it. I honestly cannot play it for any more than 10 minutes. Otherwise, I get a splitting headache. Yeah, it's not great. No. Very red. Uh, yeah. So, you mentioned before about the Super Nintendo being your first machine. Yeah. Um, we did the Super Nintendo a little while back, but we'll do a quick little step back because why not? It's my show. I can cool. do what I want. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what was your favorite game on the Super Nintendo? I really loved Super Mario All-Stars and Donkey Kong Country 2. Those two games were just brilliant. The best one is Donkey yeah. Kong Country 2. Oh, it's so good. The they music just polished in it. it. Oh. It's, it's like you get number one, which is amazing. And then you add more and make it even better. And you've got Donkey Kong Country 2. It's so yep. good. And just the, uh, the mechanics of the game was so much mm -hmm. better. Having Dixie there, being able to float. It's almost like oh, yeah. a princess in uh, Mario 2. Yeah. Where, like uh, she could float and you're not really cheesing it, but you are yeah. getting a, a different play style. As yeah, to it gives the, you that little bit more advantage compared to number one where Donkey Kong's a big heavy oaf and you can't really do much with him. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's just Donkey Kong generally, yeah. I think. Yeah. Just in life. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the Nintendo 64. Um, now, I picked this because I know you have a very special relationship with uh, the Nintendo 64 because you told us a story on our main podcast, Hack the Donor, when you were a guest on there last year. Yep. Do you feel like recounting that little tale? Oh, absolutely. So, I was, I was about four and a half years old. Little four-year-old me had just known Mario All-Stars, Donkey Kong Country, and Yoshi's Island. That was my whole world. And all of a sudden, I was, we had a sleepover at my grandma's house. And so me and my brother were just 
just plodding along. And then my dad rings up and he's like, oh, boys, I got a new Nintendo. And we're like, what? He's like, we got a Nintendo 64. And this Nintendo 64 was imported from Japan (laughs) before it came out in Australia. So (sighs) this is one of the first Nintendo 64s in Australia. So we got home a few days later and dad shows us Super Mario 64 for the first time ever. And we're just like, what is this? Because we've never seen 3D gaming before. We've just known side-scrolling Mario, running across all that stuff. But Mario's in an open field. And we're just like, what do you do? Where do you go? Where's the end? So also because it was in Japanese, we didn't know what to do because the instruction (laughs) manual is all in Japanese. And there's no internet back then unless you had dial-up. But so we, we couldn't look online to see, oh, what do you have to do in this game? For us, it was just, we're in this open world with no direction whatsoever. So we're just playing around Peach's Castle for a good week or so, just wondering what to do, going in the castle and just running around. Doors are locked. We don't know what to do. And then one day, me and my older brother, we're, we're asleep. And dad bursts into our room really early in the morning. And he's like, boys, you jump in the paintings and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we go out and look, he jumps in the painting and then Bob on battlefield approaches and we're like, Oh my goodness, this is it. And so then eventually we kind of figured out how to do things, you know, in the coming weeks or so. And then eventually the power system came out. And so then we went and bought a power system and got the English manual and we knew how to get stars and stuff. And so then we continued on from there. So, that is amazing. Oh, it was a great, great time of absolutely no idea what to do. It was so fun. Now, just to put that into some kind of context, mm-hmm. uh, for your dad to get it from Japan, that was 1995. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, pre, that was pre-internet, like yeah. almost. Um, yep. Do you know how he managed it? I have no idea. I, I know my dad used to be a computer technician. So he just had his own business where he would go fix people's computers and stuff. So he might've had connections that way. Um, but apart from that, I, I have no idea how we got it imported. And like, he might've had someone in one of his companies he worked at just say, Oh yeah, I can hook you up. Um, but yeah, we didn't have the internet back then. So how we did it, I don't know. That is crazy. And do you still have that system? No, it actually, it blew up in like 1997. There was one time we had, I remember we had 87 stars in Mario 64 and we were playing in the lava land and all of a sudden it just like, it turned off and we were like, oh no, what's happened? And it just wouldn't work ever again. So we had to, yeah, not use that Japanese Nintendo 64 anymore. Oh, that's disappointing because honestly, that would have probably been one of the first in Australia. Yep. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you mentioned that you have every Nintendo system. Do you collect per se or are you just a casual hoarder? Well, I don't, I don't really collect much. I have one of each. So I've still got my Super Nintendo from childhood. I've Excellent. got a Nintendo 64 at my parents' house. Um, I've got a GameCube here. Um, I don't have a Wii anymore, but I've got a Wii U. So that plays all my Wii games and now I've got a Switch. So I don't really collect them, but it's good to have just one around the place just in case you want to, you know, reminisce on the old days yeah um you you know you can get uh wheeze for very cheap now oh yeah yeah very cheap there's no really place there's not much of a place to put it like i've got my wii u on the desk so it's like 
there's not really much point in having a Wii for me at the moment. No, that's fair yeah. enough as well. Okay, so what was your favorite Nintendo 64 game? I, I would say Mario 64 as a solo game, mm-hmm. just being four-year-old me and seeing a 3D world for the first time. Like that's something no other game has been able to give me that sense of excitement and awe, I reckon. So Mario 64 would definitely be probably the top game for me. But also Mario Kart 64. Yep. When you have four other siblings in your house and you need to settle an argument or you just need something to do all together, Mario Kart 64's battle mode on Block Fort, we always we always did this silly game where we would always race to the red tower. So whoever gets to the red tower wins and then you just have a fight to the death on the red tower and then you just try and destroy each other. Um, so we did that. Oh, we did it for years. Like we even did that into our teenage years. We would always just go block forward. Is that the uh, sort of like the reasoning behind the video you did with your brother over ownership of Bella the cat? Yep, basically. Just because we've always played Mario Kart. Like the whole the whole A game family, even my sisters, we all are really good at Mario Kart. So we'll just play that whenever we get together. Now you say that, but. I've seen some videos of you playing the original Mario Kart in the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, that's a write-off. I'm not good at <laughs> <laughs> The skill starts at Mario Kart 64 and then moves onwards. <laughs> right, so I know what yeah. to challenge you to next time. Yeah, I'm terrible at that game. It's just so... It's so normal compared <laughs> to everything else. So it's just like, where's the, where's the craziness? Like, you get almost one item per lap. So it's like, well... Okay, cool. That's it. I think Mario 64 definitely nailed that game. Like that definitely got the formula down pat. I've got a soft spot for Super Mario Kart, obviously, because uh, that's how old I was uh, in my my gaming. I'm an old man. Hey, look, a distraction. Um, More importantly, and probably the most important question I'll I'll ask of you uh, in this whole whole series, um, which character did you play in Goldeneye? Oh, see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably going to hate me for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't play Goldeneye much. Oh, I thought you were going to say your odd job. Um, no, no. The thing is, it was too violent for young A game. You were four. I wasn't allowed to play it right, until probably like grade five, grade six, and by then, Halo was out. So we were like, oh, we'll just jump to Halo. So I missed Goldeneye. I missed um, all of it. Going back now, I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah didn't really miss much uh yeah. i mean it was fun at the time slappers only that was great yeah. uh and then you go odd job who was shorter than all the other characters Yeah, so he's got that advantage yep yep it yeah. was uh cheat mode uh 100 yeah, yeah right, okay right. i'm gonna go through a little bit of the history of uh nintendo 64 with my oh, beautiful statements so uh we'll just we'll have a little look here and have a chat uh the nintendo 64 is a home video game console developed and marketed by nintendo Originally called the Ultra 64, with some promo pics even showing the name on the console, it was eventually changed to Nintendo 64. I love the code names of some of the Nintendo machines. Yeah, Dolphin. Oh. The Dolphin was the GameCube. Oh. Um, Revolution. Was the Wii. Uh, what, what was the Wii U? Uh, oh, garbage. <laughs> Failure. <laughs> uh, okay, code name Project Reality. Uh, which is the Nintendo 64 uh, codename. Uh, it was designed 
uh, it was designed was mostly complete by 1995, but launch was delayed until 1996. Uh, it launched with three games, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, one was only available in Japan. We only got two games here at launch. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a part of the fifth generation of gaming. The system competed primarily with the PlayStation, the very mm-hmm. first one, and the Sega Saturn and ended up selling 32.93 million units worldwide. The it's, Saturn not sold, it's not bad. The Saturn sold 17 million. <laughs> and the PlayStation Sorry. was only ahead by a little bit, uh, selling 102.49 million consoles. Well, yeah, you know, they had a good run. <laughs> One and two, PS1, PS2, they dominated. They were just flying off the shelf. Well, I remember at the time there was a big argument as to whether the Nintendo 64 should have stayed as a cartridge mm-hmm. or jumped to CD. Um, oh, yeah. They would have lost a lot of like developers sticking with cartridges. Well, that's the whole reason they lost the Final Fantasy yeah. uh, franchise. Because mm-hmm. up until then, Final Fantasy pretty much exclusively been on Nintendo systems. Uh, mm-hmm. But the cartridges were too expensive. Um, especially back in the NES days, Nintendo used to play Dirty Businessman mm-hmm. and they'd make you buy the cartridge uh, at higher than cost price to put your game on. So developers actually couldn't make a lot of money. Yeah. But because they were the number one thing, you, yeah. you couldn't really uh, argue with them. So when yeah. the, the CD came around and, and this all popped up, and of course we know the history of the PlayStation that it came about because of Nintendo uh, being funny fellows and mm-hmm. oh, right, we'll make our own console then. Yep, they capitalized. <laughs> I'm going to actually just skip that bit. Who cares? Uh, released in 1996 in Japan, uh, September of 1996 in North America, and in March 1997 in Europe and Australia. The system launched with two games outside of Japan, Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings 64, with Japan only getting the game. Oh, I'm going to murder this. Seikyo Habu Shogi. Oh, yeah. I know that game. Do you? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you about it if you like. Yeah, please. Uh, I didn't know this. Hold on to to your seat because this game's full of excitement. Great. Uh, It's a Japanese board game. It was the only launch game to use the controller pack, meaning that the Nintendo 64 launched in Australia with an add-on that had no use. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, it's great. Though it was anticipated that the game would be a bestseller and a major showcase for the Nintendo 64's processing power, sales were not high. With only about one co- uh, one copy a company every hundred consoles sold at the system. Oh wow, that's pretty dismal. Now, unlike you, Jacob, I was a little bit older when the Nintendo sixty four came out. Mm-hmm. I think I was younger than I am now. Okay. Uh, so, hey, yeah, uh, how was your experience? Mine. Oh, so I've always been a Nintendo boy. Uh, mm-hmm. I got my first system when I was younger uh with the nes and and sort of carried on from there um now i remember distinctively uh there's there's a shopping center down here called tea tree plus um in the northern suburbs and i have such a fond memory because that was our local shopping area and one day out the front of the game store there was a toys r us and a video game store in the same vicinity they backed in two trailers just had each had six 64s on each of them it was like a Nintendo promo thing. And they were there for a week. So me and my friend Philip at the time went down there every day and just oh, sat on those games. So cool. We played Pilot Wings and we played Mario 64 over and over and over again uh, until the, the lady told us we couldn't come back anymore because we were <laughs> from all the kids. Yeah. Um, so the video game store actually reaped all the profits 
yeah. not so much Toys R Us. So I assume <laughs> Toys R Us bought it in, but this small video game store that was constantly busy uh, because of it. Um, That's amazing. For me, the 64 was, yeah, just one of my favorite machines. Like I like all Nintendo machines, but this had so many groundbreaking games on it. Yeah, um, we've sure. spoken about GoldenEye. Uh, mm-hmm. We've spoken about, um, sorry, uh, Mario 64, which was uh, just, you're like a Super Bowl, just yeah. bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to it a little bit later, but Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. Majora's Mask. Um, you've obviously played them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what, what's better? Majora's Mask I... or Ocarina? I really like Majora's Mask. Yes. Like, Ocarina of Time is just like, it's flawless. But Majora's Mask is so different. Yep. And you've got the time constraint in the game just gives you that overwhelming sense of if I do this wrong, the whole world's going to blow up. Yeah, so you have real, stake, uh, real stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about this a couple episodes back on Hack the Dino. Mm-hmm. And it was my controversial gaming opinion that... Uh, Majora's Mask was a better game. Yeah. And my reasoning is because it's shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NPCs are actually fully fleshed out three-dimensional characters as opposed yeah. to just standing there going doop 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 uh, because it is smaller. Um, it has a constant threat in the, the giant moons yep. hanging above you and getting closer all mm-hmm. the time. Oh, Not yeah. like Ganon who just sort of like appears at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, Eight-year-old me, I had nightmares from that moon. Oh, it yeah. scary. Like, yeah. And that the the end cutscene where the moon hits the earth, that's terrifying. Yep, yep. I love uh, it. <laughs> and then like one of the side quests, uh, the Kefke and the mask, the Pikachu mask with his, oh, uh, yeah. And to get that uh, ticked off in your journal, you mm. have to go right to the very last ten seconds of the last day and yeah. do that conveyor belt uh, mini game in order to get them to come together and reveal yep, the that. love quest. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. So great. And then the disheartening thing was uh, you finish that quest and then skip back the three days using your ocarina and realize... Yeah, and then it's all over again. Yeah. Oh, well, they're, they're, they can just be separate. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but no, clearly a better game and uh, everyone should agree with us. because. <laughs> uh, now, the Nintendo 64 had quite a few variations. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nintendo 64 had several different colors apart from its dark gray. Um these included atomic purple, uh, purple, atomic purple, purple. Uh, a, a ice blue, a grape. Oh, no, I've already said purple. What was it? Blue. There was a smoke black mm-hmm. uh, and a an watermelon orange, a fire red. And that was an, another one as well. Uh, so they were a part of the fantastic uh, range. But did you know? Well, you did know because we talked about it before. There were four <laughs> Pokemon versions of the. Yeah, internet. the Pokemon oh. ones were great. Explain them for us. Oh, look, imagine just living with a black Nintendo 64 and then all of a sudden color comes into your life and you have a blue and yellow one with Pokemons sitting on top of them. But then if you were lucky enough to live in Japan, you had that Nintendo 64, but a massive Pikachu on the side of it, just jutting out, making it look like some behemoth. And then like, Oh, I don't remember what was it like his red, his red things on his cheeks. That was the on button. No, so, so the red things on his cheeks lit up red when you turned the power yeah. on. Yeah. And his foot was the reason. His foot? Button. Yeah. Like, okay, Nintendo, good on you. It's such a cool console, though. Yeah. Um, the on-off button was a po- Pokeball that you pressed yeah. up and down. Yeah. As opposed to a Switch. Uh, fantastic. Um, did you ever see the Donkey Kong Jungle Green? 16? Oh, yeah. That was hard to find. Hard I'd to find. online. Yeah. 
yeah. you've obviously seen the prices that accompany them. Like, oh, yeah. You know, ridiculous. 100 bucks. Do you know what's even more uh, rare to find than that Donkey Kong console? What? So the, the super rare version came in like a crate, a, a mm-hmm. mock wooden crate. And with it came this plastic skin that you put over your controller that was yellow and the bit in the middle that you hold it was a banana. <laughs> and just That's that skin good. goes for about $120 because That's it was amazing. so brittle. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> Toys R Us had an exclusive uh, gold, con- uh, gold one, just solid mm-hmm. gold. Yep. Uh, I remember seeing that in the Toys R Us back in the days in the window and just thinking, oh, oh man. And you oh, sort of go, I'm not even going to ask my mum to get that because yeah. I've got one. Say no. Yeah. She doesn't understand. Well, joke's on her because I have it now and several others. Yeah, take that, mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were some other ones, though, that were released only in Japan, which are super expensive and some variations. Mm-hmm. So we had the, uh, uh, the day, 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 I, day, sorry, Japan, Hawks console. Um, it was referred to a baseball team, mm-hmm. uh, which was a store exclusive, but it actually had nothing to do with the baseball team. Uh, it's actually a confusing thing because uh, the store was a sponsor, a sponsor of the baseball team, uh, mm-hmm. and the orange and black uh, was wasn't even the color of of that team. It was oh. just the color of the store, but because they were a sponsor, that's how it got known. They just chucked them on there. Yeah, oh. uh, there's a Jusco console, which mm-hmm. is Acnery. Oh fuck, I'm doing really well tonight. Tonight, today, tonight, tonight. Welcome to Retro Trigger, where Ben can't say anything. Japan United Stores Company is what mm-hmm. Jusco stands for. Cool. Uh, the colors of the Jusco are slightly different than the smoke black with a blue and, um, sorry, no, with a, a, a gray and black transparent on the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was the very rare, for whatever reason, Anna console, all Nippon Airways. It was just a basic console. And, you know, the battery cover for the, uh, the booster? Expansion pack. Expansion yeah. pack, thank you. Yes. Uh, that had the ANA logo on it. That's it. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's great. And that goes for huge. Do you know why it goes for so much? No. Why? So this is where it was released. <clears throat> it was bundled with Pokemon Stadium and Hey You Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was given away by Air Nippon uh, starting April 1st, 1999. For a period of three months, a random flight chair was chosen when flying with one of the airlines. Um, the lucky winner received a Nintendo 64 ANA with a special delivery uh, box posted to their home. That's amazing. Yeah. So a box version of this console on eBay just sold for $900. Wow. Yeah. That's so the nice. only way to get it was in that three month period when you jumped on a Pokemon branded airplane. Mm-hmm. And you might have won it. By you may have won it. Some it was random seat. Yep. That's cool. Uh, there was also a Nintendo Hyundai Comboy console. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Japan so- are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is uh, just like the Air, uh, the Air Nippon one. Mm-hmm. The Hyundai logo was printed on the expansion pack lid. And that's it. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, however, unlike its rarer brother, this variation came out of necessity. Due to import bans from Japan, the Nintendo 64 was distributed by Hyundai in South Korea. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a cool fact. Yeah. Uh, later in the nineties, the consoles in Korea were replaced by Japanese charcoal gray consoles because the import ban was lifted, Mm -hmm. which finally brings us to the strangest Nintendo 64 variation. And one of the hardest to find the IQ. Oh, I heard Spawn Wave 
a few days ago. He got yep. one, and he was he got one. He got one, and he was he was showing it off. Yeah, amazing to to play Take it us through in it. China. Yeah. Oh, okay. So basically, this Nintendo sixty four was all in one with the controller. Mm-hmm. So the control, like the controller, housed all of the insides of a Nintendo sixty four. And instead of having a cartridge slot, you had this little memory card type thing, which you would take into stores and you would buy the set games that were on there and you would put plug it into this machine and it would download the games onto this little memory card, which you would then take back, plug it into your IQ thing, and then you would play your games. Yep. Um, they only released like 14 or 13 games on mm-hmm. there. And it had internet access, so you could actually buy your games online and download them to your console, yeah. which for that time was amazing. That was really cool. Nintendo was doing this sort of stuff way back when, though. Have you ever heard this Satellaview? Yes, I have heard about that. Yeah. You uh, could do it back my, then. My friend King Kaiju picked one up on his latest trip uh, to Japan. He found a oh, Satellaview, oh. just the console, just <laughs> sitting in a shop for like $30. Oh, wow. I said, oh, are you going to get that for me? And he went, no. Getting it for me. <laughs> no. So, yeah, he's got it at home now. He's yep. uh, fam- Super Famicom just sits in it. Uh, but it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, you used to go into the IQ Depot where you put it in, much like the Famicom disc system. You could do yep. the same thing there. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the Super Famicom, you could buy a blank cart and go in and get games printed on. I've got one of them mm-hmm. over there. Oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, the IQ brand continued on as well. So yeah. you can get uh, Game Boy uh, SPs. Mm-hmm. with the iq branding on which again i have you can also get uh 2ds's oh not 2ds's oh maybe you can get a 2ds with the iq on it so basically mm-hmm. that's how nintendo gets their stuff into china yep. and uh makes all that kind of money mm-hmm. all right so talk a little about uh, about those gorgeous little carts that go in there because little as we carts. mentioned before it was the last cart system until the switch came out later this year oh Early, uh, three years ago now oh jeez just imagine the perfect size for a game cartridge. Just, you know, kind of fits in your hand, label at the front. If you wanted to be, did it have a label on top? No. No. You could put a label on top. Yep. I've seen, who does it? Scott the Woz has his Nintendo 64 games labeled on top so he can slide them into his shelving and you can see what games are there. Mm-hmm. Which looks really cool. Um, my favorite funny little anecdote about the cartridges is that the region locking on the Nintendo 64 was basically just the little, the little, um, oh, what are they called? Just the little ridges in the back. Yep. So if you had, let's say you had an American Nintendo 64 and a Power Nintendo 64 and an American game and a Power game, all you had to do to play your American game on your Power Nintendo 64 was to get a Power cartridge, unscrew the back, put it onto the US cartridge, <laughs> and then put it in. <laughs> Genius. That <laughs> was great. I've actually yeah. got here about the regional lockout because this was the first time they had it. Um, yeah. So Nintendo initially stated that while the Nintendo 64 units for each region use uh, essentially identical hardware design, regional lockout chips would prevent games from one region from being played on a Nintendo 64 uh, from a different region. Yeah. Following the North chips. American launch, however... <laughs> They admitted the cartridges contained no such chips and the regional lockout was enforced by different notches on the back of the cartridge. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, but you know what? You, you really can't go wrong with an NTSC Nintendo 64. Um, yeah. The main benefit being the big power bricks that we have. You know, mm-hmm. that big chunky boy that's yeah, the, the back the of the 64? Yeah, the big fat things. Yeah. yeah, that's basically a step-down converter. 
So you can buy a 64 from Japan and as long as you have a power, um, uh, power brick, you can play it straight yeah. away. That's how I got mine. First trip over to Japan, I found a $5 uh, Nintendo 64 in a bargain bin. So I picked that up That's and bought right. that back. And what's even better, it didn't have the memory part, uh, the expansion pack in it. Yep. Then when I was in one of the shops, they had uh, Donkey Kong 64 bundle. For, oh yeah, with the expansion pack. Yeah, with it for $15. So I ended Love up getting it. a, yeah, great times. Yeah. Something that also has great times is the great times you had when you were using accessories. Oh, man. Oh, that yeah. Rumble pack. <laughs> Rumble, like hey, Rumble pack was groundbreaking. Oh, Look yeah. At, it was amazing. But it was so heavy. You yeah. plug it in and you're like, oh, my gosh, can I even pick this up? <laughs> so it's just like you have to like rest it on your leg just to like kind of hold it properly when you're playing Donkey Kong and things like that. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that well, was something. And what about the games where you had to use it? So I think it was Ocarina of Time where you got the uh, the stone mm-hmm. and whenever you walked over a hidden area, it vibrated. Ooh. That was the only way yeah. how you could get all the hearts and yeah. 100% that game. But I've got a list here of some of the uh, different uh, add-ons and uh, peripherals you could Great. get for Nintendo 64. So we'll just I'll just skim through my list here and pick out some fun ones. Obviously, we had the jumper pack, which... Uh, enabled you to play games such as rogue squadron perfect dark in fact i don't think you could play multiplayer perfect dark without it yeah with the expansion pack Mm. yeah pretty sure that's true or it would run really shockily i think you just missed out on like graphics and sprites and yeah it didn't work great no yeah have you heard of the 64 double d yes i have Mm, what do you know about it i know that it was like a disc system Mm -hmm. for your nintendo 64 you'd put it on the bottom and it only released a couple games, if I'm not mistaken. It only released Mario 64. Apparently, they were planning another Mario game. Yep. The DD, but that got cancelled. Yep. Apparently, it was supposed to have Luigi in it. Yep. It was like a multiplayer Mario 64 game, but it just never happened because it was at the end of the 64's lifetime. The GameCube was already out, so there was like, there's no point doing this. Yeah, uh, they're very expensive to get now. Like yeah. that's, that's on my wish list. It's, it's a grail item. I've have seen them, uh, mm-hmm. but you're looking at oof, honestly about $2,000 wow. for a box. Long. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, even rarer. There were a few power ones made like really oh, wow. rare. Um, I, no, not power. Sorry. No NTSC. Uh, yep. so American ones. Yep. Um, but yeah, they're even rarer than, than the Japanese ones. So you can still get your hands on a Japanese one. You just have to have the money for it. Yeah. Uh, had and nine games with game. Oh, nine games. Yep. With the games though, would they be region locked? Cause it's a disc. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, you could, you could connect to the internet, but it wasn't really the internet. It was sort yeah. of like an intra intranet or you connect yep. to a server where you couldn't play games against other people, but you could chat, send email and access a virtual Nintendo newsletter. Oh, lovely. That's, That's just what you want for yeah. internet capabilities. Yep, absolutely. Uh, with that also came the Nintendo 64 mouse. I have not heard of this one. Really? It came out no. because they had Mario Artist Suite, which was the sequel to Super Mario, Mario Paint. Paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know they had an Artist Suite game. Yeah. Um, cool. it, it, the cover is Mario with a uh, Artist Beret on. Oh, right Oh. Compared to um, the other one with his like his backwards hat is yeah, yeah yeah and looking all cool, mm-hmm. um, but that was also used for Sim City sixty four. Oh, cool! 
So yeah, uh, had a keyboard mm -hmm. uh, to make typing easier, obviously. Yep. Also had a voice recognition unit. Ooh. It was only compatible with two games, Hey You Pikachu and Dencha de Go. <laughs> Dencha de Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, it was compatible with the Nintendo 64 microphone, mm -hmm. which plugged into uh, the rear of the cart. Uh, and you could use a clip for clipping it into your Nintendo 64 controller, or you can use a piece of, you can place plastic neck holder. What? Oh, like a little, like, you know how your headphones kind of have like the little bit where you can kind of clip yes. on here. Yeah. Yes. Like one of those things. Yep. So, uh, the 64, uh, microphone was used, obviously, Hey You Pikachu. Have you ever seen Hey You Pikachu? Get no, I played? haven't. No. Uh, it's basically Pikachu in a, uh, a hub world mm -hmm. and you tell him what to do. <laughs> Uh, that's weird <laughs> yep and if you swear at him in japanese he looks at you cross and shocks you with electricity oh that's hilarious yep <laughs> he, just, he literally looks and goes and yeah shocks you uh you had a rumble rod mm -hmm. a you know rumble. what a rumble rod is do i want to know what a rumble rod is <laughs> <laughs> it was a fishing controller all oh, right okay Fair uh enough. what else have we got here uh oh yes denture to go now it's a train okay. game oh cool uh, and the, tr uh, the denture to go controller was a train controller that reproduces driving a train. Like oh, a that's cool. Yeah. I want one. It was only used for that. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, we had an ultra racer 64, which is just a steering wheel, mm -hmm. uh, rumble pack. We know of transfer pack transfer pack. You only used once for one game. Really? The Pokemon ones you stick Stadium. in the, the ones you stick in the back of the controller. Yeah. We had yep. like four of them and we hardly ever played Pokemon Stadium because Pokemon was banned in our house because what? we weren't allowed we weren't allowed to play Pokemon. It was oh. it was just a it was just a family thing. Just Yeah, fair enough. But we had we had all the, the little expansion not expansion the little game packs you put in the cartridge. Mm -hmm. So we just never used them. Yeah, right. Ever. It was they used just... to transfer your Pokemon from your Game Boy over to um the Nintendo sixty four game so you could play oh, with right. your Pokemon in the game. I still remember I decided I wanted that game uh, when it came out, Pokemon Stadium. Yeah. I still remember marching down to EB. It's a GameStop for those <laughs> of you in America. Uh, on the day of the release, I didn't pre-order or anything because I didn't know what a pre-order was. Yeah. I uh, had $100 in my hand ready to get it and get some change because I think it was about $70. Yeah. I uh, went to the guy and said, oh, can I please get Pokemon Stadium? He said, uh, did you pre-order? And I went, nope. What's that? And the guy said, look, sorry, dude. They're all, we've, we've exhausted our allocation. Oof. I went, oh, so there's no way I can get one. He goes, oh, well, I might be able to get one for you, but it would be like $100. Oh. And dumb me just went, all right. And he sort of like, I still remember the guy sort of like went, Pit. okay, no worries. So I reckon he did a bit of a, a, bit of a dodgy and kept the yeah. money for himself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dodgy people. Yeah, all right, we're going to get a little bit more obscure now. Okay. Nintendo 64 modem. Yeah. Nah. Yep. What did you do with used, it? <laughs> it was used to connect the Randnet service with uh, compatible 64 Double D games. Oh, okay. So just you know the nine that were there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. The Nintendo 64 capture cassette. Ooh. It's that a video interesting. video capture card that you stuck into the Nintendo 64 console. Oh, that's cool. So that was like the Elgato of the 90s. Yep, basically. Wow. Uh, so you could uh, put your microphone in there as well. 
and basically capture your creations on the 64 Double D Artist Studio. That's cool. Um, you had the Nintendo 64 controller jacket, which was just a controller cover. <laughs> um, you had the Nintendo 64 Passport Plus 3. That was an ad- and cheat device allowing players to play games from different regions with a few exceptions. Ooh. It has a built-in cheat code to transfer data between controller packs and also supports action replay functions. Wow. Uh, the TriStar 64. The TriStar. Mm-hmm. A third-party adapter making it possible to play NES and SNES games on the Nintendo 64. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, now, this is the, the big one that... Um, I, I tested, I tested this. I put it as paces. I'll tell you a story after I've told. But uh, right. it is the CETA biosensor. The biosensor. Mm-hmm. An ear clip that plugs into the controller pi- uh, controller pack slot on the controller yep. to measure the user's heart rate, and compatible only with Tetris sixty four. <laughs> So what happened as you were playing Tetris sixty four, and it got more stressful, your heart rate would go up. And as your heart rate goes up, the biosensor records your pulse and then either slows down the blocks or speeds them up depending on how much your heart's pumping. Wow, that's cool. It would be if it actually worked. Oh, it didn't work? (laughs) It didn't work. We had it at um, a retro game uh, thing we were doing with a bunch of guys. And uh, we were playing it. And I said, I don't reckon this works. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, how are we going to prove it? I said, okay. So I played some game. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, yep, cool. Got up and I went for a jog for about five minutes, just running around, running around, yep. running around, getting my heart rate back up, sat back down. No difference. <laughs> so if that's not science, I don't know what is. What a gimmick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the Nintendo 64 was discontinued in mid-2002 following oh, the launch man. of its successor, the GameCube in 2001. Good one. The last game released on the system was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which many people believe to be a skating game. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, That's our story game. of the Nintendo 64. I love this system. It's like, just so good. The nostalgia value you get for this system is just... It's unreal. Like You've got so many groundbreaking games. Mm. You've got a groundbreaking controller as well. Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch on that. Oh, look, I only played one game where you have to use D-pad, and that was Kirby 64. Really? Didn't utilize the control stick. Yeah. See, I never never play many Kirby games purely because my personal belief is when a system's about to die, Mm -hmm. they release a Kirby game. Kirby's the death knell. Kirby's Kirby and the Rainbow Paintbrush. That was kind of halfway through the Wii U, and they they chucked that out, and they were like, "Here you go. This is going to make the gamepad worth it." <laughs> and no, <laughs> it's jarring. See, they went against their rule, and what happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Kirby games never really, really. Yeah. Grabbed it was me. later, wasn't it? That was towards the end. It was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. I do you silently rage when you see these pictures of these darn young kids using holding the controller, not knowing how to hold it? And oh, I didn't. I don't think I held it right at all either. I held it. I didn't hold it with like you hold it, you grip it underneath, and you use your thumb. I would hold it mainly in my right hand, mm-hmm. so I'd take the weight on my right hand while pushing the buttons, and I would just hold the stick 
with my finger. Oh like no! It was. I was really good at it though. I was really? really good at playing like that when I was younger. Like now, I play with the stick, and yep. that's fine. But back then, I was. I I gripped it with two fingers, thumb and finger, just like a pencil, and just guided it. Oh, I don't know what to say. Yeah, oh, I'm speechless. Little, little, little A game was was a lost child. <laughs> he was B game. Yeah, that's it. Until you leveled up. Yeah. Um, did you ever play Mario Party on it? Oh man, we wrecked so many controllers. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing as well. Like I still remember um, when I first saw those flakes starting to appear. Mm-hmm. Thinking, what? What's that? What, what's going on? And yeah. yeah, sure enough, it was Mario you know, burning a hole in your hand, doing his silly little mini games. Yeah. Um, and now it, as a retro collector, it's incredibly hard to find a controller that still has a good thumbstick. Oh yeah. They're all just like floppy. Yeah. You yeah. actually, when you have to, when you're selling a controller, uh, like on, on marketplace or whatever, mm-hmm. you actually have to give the thumbstick a rating out of 10 before wow. anyone take you seriously. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. However, you can buy aftermarket ones to replace it. It's not yeah. a huge job. It's just a quick soldering job. So it's nothing too... Oh, right. I remember when when I had a GameCube um, and we had, just in the house, we had the box for a Nintendo 64 controller and we had a box for a GameCube controller. The description on the back of the controller, which outlines everything, like the control stick, the buttons and everything, what they said on the Nintendo 64 box was exactly the same as what they said on the GameCube box for the control stick. And I was like, no, the GameCube control stick is miles better. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find just the back of a box just to see what it says. Cause it's like, it, I, I just remember this as a kid reading it and going, that's what the Nintendo 64 said. <laughs> Controller box back. Just us see if I can find it. Um, let's see. While you're looking for that, another game that came out in the 64 that was very near and dear to my heart, Pokemon Snap. Oh, see, like I, my experience with Pokemon Snap was always at a friend's house. Right. Because the Pokemon ban. Yeah, exactly. We weren't allowed to play many Pokemon games, but I remember playing it once or twice and was like, what's the aim of this? Why, why are we taking pictures of the Pokemon? Why aren't we battling them? Yeah. Um, I thought it was great, but uh, I think what a lot of people who are really excited about the the remake that's coming out or the new game that's mm-hmm. coming out is that the reason it was so popular back then was that was the first time we saw 3D Pokemon in their habitat, yeah. like in their natural environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we weren't battling or capturing all them, you, you were just throwing food and rocks at them. Um, you... Uh, were able to see them move and, and live. And it was like this whole new world that mm-hmm. you'd never experienced before. Uh, I, you know, now yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to, going to scratch that itch that a lot of people have. Yeah. Because the wonder's gone. We've seen yeah, it. it has. Yeah. 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 Still great game. Loved it. Yeah. I bet. You know, that, that originally nice. had um, 64 Pokemon in it. Only 64. Yeah, because obviously it had limitations. So yeah. they stood on 64 because of the Nintendo 64. Oh, that's fair. They couldn't get Ekans to work, so I ended up with only three. <laughs> Left him out. It's fine. Um, need him. Which also reminds me, at school, some kid, you know you always have that snot-nosed kid at school who yeah. claims that they do all these fantastical things and you just know that they're lying? That was me. 
But, really? No, no. But like we had most of the Nintendo 64 games. So I, I lived it out. I was the kid, but I... You I had, had evidence to back it up. Yeah. I, I was the kid, but I, I was fluent enough with my gaming to actually be the kid. Yeah. See, we had a guy who uh, was bragging to... He always used to brag about how awesome he was at everything and no one yep. believed him. Mm-hmm. He bragged once that he'd caught all 151 Pokemon in Pokemon Snap. Or he'd taken photos what of them all. jerk. And we went, hang on, there's only 63 in it. His <laughs> retort was, yes, I thought I'd trick you when I said I caught all 151. And here we are 20 years later and I still rage about it. I think yeah, that, that says kid. more about me than that kid. Yeah. I had one of those kids with Super Smash Brothers and he's like, okay, here's how you unlock Metal Mario. So it's like, you've got to beat the master hand. And as he dies, you've got to push A, B and start at the same time. And then you'll unlock Metal Mario. And we're like, <laughs> okay, cool. Let's try that. And no, it didn't work. Man, we haven't even talked about that either. Oh yeah, Smash Brothers. Oh, we're going to have oh, to do a part two at some oh, point and talk oh, about dude. Smash Brothers and, and all those games. Did you play Smash Brothers a lot? Oh, I played Smash heaps. And I... you weren't allowed to play Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, Mario was there. So my parents like, oh yeah, he's cool. Mario's cool. Um, <laughs> But like for me, Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers 64 was the game where I, that was when I started to surpass my older brother in skill. So we used to play it and he used to be really good at Smash. But then I would practice because like heaps, I loved it. So I would always ask him, hey, do you want to play Smash Brothers with me? And eventually he'd be like, no, I don't want to play. And so then I would just play by myself. And then I'd just practice against level nines. I'd do the Mushroom Kingdom map, Mario versus Luigi. And I'd just like become amazing at Smash Brothers. And then when Melee came out, I was like, oh, do you want to play Smash with me? And he's like, yeah, all right. And then I'd just wreck him. And he's like, no, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> all these dodge rolling. No, I don't like this. And so ever since he just doesn't play Smash anymore, just because I've wrecked it for him. <laughs> You know, I wish I could uh, take the high ground here and go, yeah, yeah, I'd play that. But um, no, my, my daughter, who is uh, 12, uh, consistently <laughs> beats me at Mario Kart on the Switch. Uh, I used to Oof. wreck her. But uh, because she was obsessed with uh, some YouTuber who plays a lot of Mario Kart, his name yeah. escapes me right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's you. I'm blaming you. Oh, right. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she bad. decided... She was going to play lots of Mario Kart and now whoops me every single time. That's a real shame. Without fail. Without Bummer. Bummer. I found the control stick thing. If Excellent. You okay. So this is on the GameCube. Control stick designed for the maximum control in 3D game environments reacts to the slightest pressure or quickest action. Which is, that's fine for GameCube. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Great control stick. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Control stick for the Nintendo 64. Designed for the maximum control in 3D game environments, reacts to the slightest pressure or quickest action. <laughs> they just copied and pasted it. Yep. Someone's having a laugh. Oh, that was well done. They did well. Oh, well, you did very well as well. Well, here I go, saying the same word and sentences again. Oh, but well. do you have anything that you would like to plug, Mr. A Game? Oh, maybe a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, I had a wonderful time here today. Um, if you would like to check me out on youtube.com slash Mr. A game, um, that's where I do most of my content. We do lots of Zelda videos, a little bit of Mario Maker here and there. And every now and then I do a mystery game where we get the mystery box and we pull a game out. It isn't rigged. 
at all. It's completely <laughs> random. We, we, there have been some reports of people saying, hey, you rigged it. And we're like, no, 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 no. This is, this is all legit. So, um, yeah, it's loads of fun. Um, I love hanging out with my friends on the channel. My girlfriend comes every now and then, and she's just like, oh, hey, and just like steals my Switch and plays Animal Crossing. So that's always fun. Um, and, yeah, so if you want to check me out there, that would be great. Ben, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming. And we will definitely try to get you back on because I do want to talk about Zelda at some point. I oh, want to absolutely. talk about Wind Waker. I want to yep. talk about Ocarina. You know, I'm, I'm going to tie you up wherever I can. But in yep. the meantime, you can check us over at Hack the Dino on youtube.com backslash Hack the Dino. We've almost got as many uh, followers as Mr. A-Game. Mm-hmm. Soon. Nearly there. That, that, that's, well, that'll... Um, yeah, but you should check us out anyway because uh, we, we talk about games and uh, have other guys that do things that uh, means they can speak better. So until next month, keep playing stuff. Yep.